Welcome on in to episode four of Greens with Envy. I'm golf course industry managing editor Matt Lowell, alongside the magazine's editor Guy Cipriano. Our producer Patrick Williams is in the back corner. Patrick, Guy, what's going on? We're doing great, Matt. We just got back from an event in Chicagoland, and it was in an enlightening event. And the event and the topic of the event is going to serve as the impetus for this podcast. What's that? Autonomous mowers and range pickers. Okay, so autonomous mowers, before we get going, autonomous mowers, robotic mowers. I've covered manufacturing before. Almost three years of my life I covered manufacturing. Is there a real difference between autonomous and robotic? Because I don't think there is. No, there's not. And Matt, you know much more about manufacturing than I do. Just kind of explain some of the automation that you saw in your three years covering the industries that you covered. Yeah, so autonomous, robotic, those terms are going to be used interchangeably over the course of this podcast. And and we are talking about places that we went, uh, but in a technological manner. We're talking more about the tech that's being used on those courses or will soon be used on those courses rather than just, hey, we went here, we went here. So diving in a little bit to set the table, autonomous mowers, let's talk first about the history of robots just for a couple minutes, history of robots and robotics in manufacturing, in uh, the workplace. And one of the first places, and this is from an old colleague of mine, John Hitch, who writes for the uh, B2B magazine Industry Week, he outlined what happened at the General Motors Lordstown plant in 1972, when there were 26 robots, they performed 520 welds per car that were churning out 100 Chevy Vegas per hour. And this was one of the first places in the world to use robots on a wide platform. Matt, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. I wonder how many of our listeners know what a Chevy Vega was. I don't know what a Chevy Vega was besides the fact that it was a crummy car. Yeah, I, I I don't know if I've ever seen one. I've heard the name and I've heard stories about it. And, you know, to set the scene for our listeners, Lordstown is in Ohio and it's only about an hour from our headquarters. And it's right off of Interstate 80. So if you've ever been driving from like New York to Chicago, you've, prob- you've probably passed it. The Chevy Vega, our producer Patrick, is bringing up images of the Chevy Vega. He did a very quick Google images search. And yeah, it looks like a very 70s car. Total chick magnet. Yeah, it looks like something out of uh, the Brady Bunch. Like Mike, Mike's neighbors might have driven that. Bobby's friends might have had one of those. Uh, so anyway, what happened at Lordstown in 1972 was that uh, quality suffered, and over time a control box was set on fire, and seats and wiring were slashed, and management just said, we're being sabotaged. And it led to a 22-day strike That cost, in 1972 dollars, it cost GM $150 million. The point here being, almost 50 years ago, and workers didn't like being treated like machines, because there are machines and there are people. Um, John John Hitch makes another point here. Amazon, at the forefront of automation, he writes in in an e-book about robots in the workplace, says that it's at least a decade, at least 10 years. Amazon is at least 10 years from fully automating a, uh, a single order. So over time, obviously, there have been more and more robots. And, and this has kind of come to the forefront because unemployment keeps dropping. 
And I think we all know what an issue labor is in the golf industry uh, for many, many reasons. A lot of courses just can't keep people on staff. And so over the next few years, you're going to see more and more robots in various fashions making their way out to courses, um, certainly to ranges, eventually to fairways, um, doing jobs. We have them on greens right now. Yeah, doing jobs. On a few courses. Doing jobs that uh, that the folks who, who aren't there, um, they'll be doing those jobs. It, it, it will be very interesting to see. And uh, do you want to start kind of with what you saw last week out in Chicagoland and, and some of the tech that's out there? Uh, I also visited Illinois uh, earlier this year and got a sneak preview of what a very big company is working on in terms of autonomous products. But let's start with, uh, with the most recent news guy. You were in Chicagoland last week uh, with Echo. Yeah. And f- for some of you who are wondering what Echo is and what they do, you may actually have some of their equipment in their maintenance shop. They do handheld equipment. So mowers, or not mowers, but blowers, trimmers, generators, that type of thing. They had a media event last week in Chicago called 20 for 2020, where they were unveiling 20 new products for 2020. And most of these products, honestly, are geared towards landscape contractors, although they will get into the hands of golf course superintendents because they're available through some turf distributors, too. And some of these products can be bought at Home Depot as well through Echo's agreement with Home Depot. But the, the reason I wanted to go there is because there's now a uh, division of Echo called Echo Robotics. And we actually received a news release from them earlier this year that they have developed some autonomous mowers for sports turf and practice ranges. And in addition to the autonomous mower, they have an autonomous range picker, which the technology's being used in Europe, and it's actually being used in tandem. So you'll have the autonomous range picker and the autonomous mower working in tandem, uh, mowing and picking ranges in parts of Europe. It's not widespread yet, but it's certainly growing. And actually, autonomous mowing is a fairly common practice in Europe. Europe is way ahead of North America in this technology, you know, for whatever region, reason, some of it's cultural, some of it's practical. Uh, according to some of the numbers that the Echo folks were giving us, that there's over uh, a thousand autonomous mowers and operations at universities and sports fields all across the continent. It's not quite that high in the United States yet. Europe, Europe as a whole, and Germany especially, uh, and then Japan have always, not always, but especially in probably the last 20 to 30 years, really just kind of dwarfed us on uh, automation effectiveness. So that, that's not surprising at all. Yeah, and most of it's cultural from the way I understand it. Uh, but anyway, so the event in Chicago, in, ad- in addition to announcing the these 20 new products for 2020, this, this handheld equipment and generators and and that type of thing they also wanted some of the members of the media specifically golf course industry looking at some of the the autonomous technology that they're going to begin launching and marketing in the north american golf market so we had a chance to to go to the 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 headquarters and we had a tour of the production facility uh they're not making the autonomous technology in the united states that's handled in uh europe by a company called bell robotics Hmm. but we did get to see where blowers are made and trim trimmers and uh, 
Matt, you've probably been on a lot of these things. I've probably been on a half dozen in, in my time at golf course industry. I was going to ask when was I, the last time you were on a. I love facility a tours. I, I love seeing how things are made. I like seeing the people that make them and how hard they work. I like uh, just just hearing about the whole process and seeing it. And this was a cool factory tour because it was uh, really open to the media. We had a great guide in uh, Ryan Ladley, the company's VP of operations, and we were allowed to take pictures and videos of almost the entire thing, which is, never which is really cool because when you're in the media, yeah. it's tough to tell a story sometimes without those images or videos or sounds to go along with it. So that was greatly appreciated. And actually on the, uh, the lines for a lot of the products, we saw automation, right? So... That kind of set us up for afterwards. We went into the uh, front yard of the company's headquarters, and they had the autonomous mower, which is called the TM2000, working and, and, and mowing the, the lawn out there. And also the, uh, the range picker wasn't in action, but it was out there. And basically, uh, the, the, they can work in tandem, so you can do the whole entire uh, range. You, you can mow it and, and pick the balls without um, ever having a human being out there. And this is, this is kind of a... An intriguing technology, uh, you know, they're looking for early adopters in North America, and it's going to take time to get it rolling, and a lot of golf courses doing it. But there's there's definitely a fascination with it. Uh, I almost view it as a gateway, right? Like you you start on your range, and you become comfortable with the automated technology, using it on that part of your golf course for maybe uh, th the next three to five years, and maybe it's a gateway to to fairway mowing and some bigger things because the, the the biggest issue here in the united states is 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 cost and finding early adopters right like people are pretty conservative sometimes in the golf market so you really need those people to to embrace the technology and start using it and to show others that it that it works and i'm not going to mention the name of the golf course but we went to a nearby golf course uh in, to the echo headquarters in lake zurich illinois and uh it, it was too wet that the, the put it in action but i got to see the whole setup and it, it's fairly simple it's fairly clean and uh they're going to be some learning curves with this but they're really going to start launching it here at the at the end of the month the range picker formally uh the echo is going to be at the golf industry show for the first time and they're also you know involved in the sports turf market so they went to the stm a show this past year they're going to be back next year so this is something where there's going to be some momentum generated I know I posted some pictures on social media and it was um, it was quite the reaction. We even had some people reply to a tweet about the, the range picker saying, I want one of those. How can I get one of those? So, you know, hopefully if the if the people from uh, Echo are doing their di due diligence, they're, they're seeing those replies on social media from an account like ours and reaching out to those people because they really do need early adopters. Nobody really wants to be the first to go, especially when it's a robot and there aren't people around. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this this plays out, but there is uh, a definite fascination with automation in the in the golf industry, and it, it's kind of interesting. You're you're, you're reading the uh, the clips from the story about Lordstown, and the workers went on strike when automation was introduced to the in facility. 1972. Yeah, you know, you probably wouldn't see a strike if it happened at a golf course because many golf courses don't have people to to fill the positions. Who's going right. to strike? Nobody. So it's not like jobs are being taken away here. Uh, but yeah, the range is a great place to tr try this. You, you, you think of this for a few reasons, right? Like just the number of hours that are involved in maintaining a range. Uh, it's tough to do because they're kind of, you know, from sun up to sundown, there are people usually out there hitting balls. So it's much easier to have robots out there. Uh, it's going to be something that I think when they get it in the hands of people, especially influencers in specific regions that, that it, it can really catch on. Uh, I think there's gonna be a lot of fascination with this product at the, at the golf industry show. And, uh, 
uh, look forward to, to seeing more videos of it and hearing more about it as we move forward. Now, Matt, you were at a... Well, real, real oh. quick, before we dive into that, I'm just kind of curious. Do they explain a lot about the setup at all? Let's just start with the range picker, because if that's the gateway, one of the big things with industrial robots is they're designed to be easy to set up. A lot of them are designed for one task or maybe two tasks, but normally one task. And, and the range picker has one task. Did they mention much in terms of the setup? Is it is it just plug and play? Do you have to set kind of parameters no. or boundaries, or, or or is it just straight out of the box? I mean, there's some light digging involved, so there's okay. wiring that goes maybe two to three inches okay. below the uh, below the turf. So you would have to kind of stake out the whole edge of your your range, and then cut a little hole into the ground, and the the wire is protected by pipe, and it just kind of think of like irrigation pipe on a smaller scale. So it goes around the entire. Uh, area of the range and then the, the the mower has five sensors so it can sense like traffic and whether it's going to run into something like a, a bunker or a flag or or um, if a person runs out there whatever i don't know what person would run out in a range but but there's sensors on it but yeah is there drinking so, involved so it's probably because <laughs> that's usually what when it happens yeah i'm not uh, i'm not sure we're gonna see the robot out there <laughs> out there chugging beers but no. but uh, it looked like a you know for, it's going to take some education from echo to the dealers to on the installation process sure. but it looks pretty straightforward and tim dorsey the president of echo was you know flat out honest with me and said that there are some ranges where it's just not going to work not because of the the terrain or there might be a water feature near it but mm -hmm. but there are a lot of ranges where that this could work so you know it's like any any new technology right it's not necessarily for everybody and it's finding out who it's for and reaching those people you talking about water features uh there you don't have to look very hard for them there are some great videos of robots usually in malls like just robots who are or kind of like robot mall cops um there's one where the robot just careens into a fountain and and it just it sputters and breaks and obviously it's not funny but watching the video it's hilarious and so i do wonder at what point we get a robot going off of a range and into say a pond well that's why so if there's five sensors but it's going to happen on the like, unit it's going to happen where, at some where point, they can somewhere, sense that whether it's, it's caught on video or not yep and it's happened with human operators yeah, too of course i've witnessed it before <laughs> so i mean like anything there are going to be some glitches there are going to yeah. be some some errors but there are also errors with humans uh mowing and picking these surfaces too and this is really my second exposure to autonomous technology in the golf market a few years ago i got to go to valley brook country club in western pennsylvania and see uh superintendent john shaw was one of the first people to use cub cadets rg3 to mow green so it's not like uh automation is new to the golf industry uh like i said the rg3 has been out for a few years i mean there aren't a ton of people using it but there are some people whose greens right now are maintained by uh autonomous technology and this is going to lead into where you were at this past summer, Matt, yeah. and really the, that could be the huge solution for the golf industry are fairways. Yeah, so I was out um, in in kind of the Quad Cities area, and, and if you're out in Quad Cities, you're, you're probably visiting one company, and I did spend some time with John Deere. It was right before the TPC Deere opened and spent the some John time. John Deere Classic. Yes, sorry, yeah. the uh, At TPC Deere Run. What did I say? TPC Deere Open. I said TPC. I'm just... That's combining all right. everything. That's all right. Combining everything. TPC Deer Run. You know what I mean. I'm looking right at it. I'm, I'm 
reading and talking at the same time. It happens to all of us. Uh, so spend some time with Alex Studeman, who was awesome. Uh, first guest on our Off the Course podcast as well, talking about um, skincare and taking care of your, your skin in the summer uh, and in the sun. But when I was out in Coal Valley, uh, the second morning out there, out at their, their test facility, John Deere's test facility near Moline, uh, they announced their acquisition of OnLink, the cloud-based golf course management platform. Um, so you can collect data and manage equipment, chemicals, nutrients, water, playing conditions, labor, um, all that. And I, and I still think that's the big news in the short term. The big news in the long term, though, they did introduce some new products, and specifically it was autonomous tech outfitted on uh, their existing 7500 precision cut mower. So that's got a Starfire receiver. Um, and they are designed, so they say, to allow superintendents to just kind of reallocate crew. Um, a direct quote from Brooks Hastings, one of John Deere's product managers. If you take those man hours and you reallocate them, what does that do for you? Everyone has their laundry list. We're proposing that this will help with that list. And so John Deere kind of takes the bigger picture look where we're introducing autonomous tech and much like Echo is, you know, you've got a, a wish list of stuff you need to get done at your course. Well, this opens up that time, uh, assuming you can keep guys and, and, and women on, on crew uh, to go do them. Yeah. And when John Deere announced before the golf industry show that it, it was exploring robotics with turf mowing, it just blew up. I mean, it, yeah. it was the most read news release in my five years here at Golf yeah. Course Industry. It wasn't even got out read close. By, it was outread by magnitudes over just some regular stories too. Yeah, and that we produce, which is which is boffo. And nice. we should be clear, you know, John Deere is a few years away from having this on sure. the market. There's going to be a a lot of research and development that yeah. goes into this, and you're not, superintendent feedback. You're not and, placing orders and testing at, at Orlando in three and a half. But months. but it's coming, and a a, a, a giant company uh, in the golf market that has uh, you know a, a very powerful brand is involved in this. And Matt, you got to to see the the autonomous fairway mower in action. What what was your impression when it, when it came out? So there were audible gasps. There were a handful of media members. And there were some superintendents there, too. There right? were about five dozen superintendents. What were their – could you tell what and their reaction was? That They were the ones who gasped. It was literally just <gasps> – like, it, it sounds so silly just to say it like that, but that was the reaction. Like, grown men and, – and I don't remember if there were any women superintendents, honestly. Uh, let's just say five dozen superintendents, and they – are all in their 30s, 40s, 50s. <gasps> you know, like what was the last time you had a reaction like that? What was it skepticism? Was it awe? I think it was amazement. Was it I, I, think I it was, can't wait to get my hands on one of these? Yeah. Genuine amazement and and the wheels kind of turning in their heads just like, all right, how can I put this to use? The the impressive thing was much like with the the autonomous sprayer that they showed off that morning as well too. You know, it's it's not just that it can do it. It's that you can program it to the blades lift, or if you're spraying, you can stop spraying in certain areas, um, and then you can go right back down. You know, you program on the course, and and again, it's upfront work, but you know, you're not if you send it out there, you're not covering every inch. 
you know, it's it's like there's a person on there, but you got to do the legwork well, ahead of time. And we should be very clear with uh, John Deere's autonomous sprayer, there's still a human operator yes. sitting in there yes. with the mower technology that they're researching and developing right now. There will not be a human sitting in the seat. No, there there is video out there of of the fairway mower just going along the test area, Coal Valley, Illinois, uh, without anybody in it. It's, it's something. Yeah, that's the way it's heading. And we actually asked a few questions about this in our 2019 State of the Industry survey. So we had 190 respondents. And one of the questions we, we asked was, uh, are you using uh, any of the below at your course? And one of, one of the, the below options was autonomous mowers. And we got 0% response. No, but nobody. Now, there are some RG3s by Cub Cadet out in the market. Obviously, those superintendents mm-hmm. did not respond to our our survey, but but right now it's 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 less than one percent of the the golf market. We can safely say is using autonomous technology to mow its greens. At least in North America, it could be a different story in Europe. So one percent is what fewer than one hundred and forty courses. Yeah, give or take. And then we also asked, how likely are you to use autonomous mowing at your course? And the options were never, not likely. Somewhat, very likely, definitely. Now, okay. keep in mind, this was we we sent the survey out last de- December. Yeah, about a year ago. Twelve percent said never. So that's twelve percent of superintendents in North America that are the biggest of big skeptics when it comes to this. For now, forty-eight uh, percent said not likely. Okay. Twenty-three percent said somewhat likely. Okay. Eleven percent said very likely, and five percent said definitely. So. A little that's bit about sixteen percent. That's about half of them said they're either somewhat, very likely, or definitely. Now yeah. keep in mind that was sent out December last year, a year ago. We're not going to ask this question in our 2020 survey because we're taking a bit of a different approach, a more human approach. That will be out in the next uh, few weeks or so. Yep, that'll be out in the field. So check your inboxes and please participate in that. We make a significant donation to the We One Foundation for every completed response and it's also data that you can use to run comparables with other courses or just for your own fascination but yeah so i guarantee you though if we ask that question next year those numbers are going to go up for the somewhat very likely and definitely categories because the labor Mm -hmm. situation has gotten worse in the last 12 months well the unemployment rate is only dropping it's the lowest it's been in 50 years it's i don't know if the quality of job is there but the sheer number, the quantity of job is there, and it, it, it's pretty incredible. Uh, Patrick, what's the unemployment rate? About 3.6? I think it just, di- so it just dipped to like 3.5 or under yeah. this past weekend. The lowest it's been since 1969. I literally just said that, Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lowest it's been in 50 years. Well, but Pat- abo- Patrick's, running, Patrick's running stats. He's not listening to But us. above and beyond the labor, labor situation <laughs> is, you know— it, as we progress into the 2020s, mm-hmm. people are just going to become more comfortable with the technology. Sure, and, and that's what it comes down to. It's it it's a comfort factor, and it's also a cost factor too. It's expensive to get this installed. It's expensive if you're if you're talking RTK uh, for full course mowing or GPS signals. I mean, that's that's a that's a lot of upfront cost. Yeah. The mower is going to be a lot of upfront cost, but. When you're looking at uh, an ROI and how things are going to be stretched over the the long term, there there are going to be some savings in this when the, when the when the technology becomes more available. And uh, again, it's go- it's going to make golf courses better because you're not going to have somebody sitting on a mower eight hours a day or ten hours a day 
five days a week, you're going to have people um, out doing detail work, whether it's edging or, or, or clearing weeds from ornamental areas or or bunker raking or or some drainage work. It's just going to make golf course maintenance even smarter than it is today. And it's pretty smart today. And I would say that like the people involved in golf course maintenance are incredibly savvy and they're, they're going to even seem savvier when, when you take a lot of this mowing and labor time out of the equation. Thought I had a, a, another quote that I wanted to get to, but I must have left that paper in the office. It was, it was a point basically about the monotony of certain tasks. And there is, this is again from that same story uh, by my old colleague, John Hitch of Industry Week. He was uh, talking with Kevin Lacombe, the president of Fitzgerald Manufacturing Company. They're a contract manufacturer uh, up in Michigan. And he used the Sawyer robot, which is an autonomous uh, one-armed robot from Rethink, which went out of business uh, last October, October of 2018. The IP was purchased, so it's still operational. And the Sawyer robot is just something that you can usually program it to pick and drop and pick and drop. Uh, there's a screw factory not far from us, uh, Standby Screw in Berea, that used it in much the same way to kind of just take out the monotonous jobs. And, you know, I'm, I know there are a lot of people out there who enjoy being on a mower for eight or ten hours a day. But at a certain point, you just you zone out and the quality of the work drops. Uh, you make little games with yourself. You say, well, let's see if I can do it slower. Let's see if I can do it faster. Let's see if I can do different patterns. Let's just see, fill in the blank, whatever. It, it's a lot like doing factory work in some ways. And there's going to be fewer and fewer people, like you said, who are going to be out on the mowers eight to 10 hours a day because over time it's going to get more and more monotonous. You're going to be doing more involved more kind of mentally intriguing and, and mentally stimulating projects and, and, and just jobs. And I think you're right. I think I, I kind of equate taking nothing away from, from mowing, from fairway mowing, but you, it is easy to equate it to kind of those monotonous jobs in a factory that are being filled by one-armed rethink robotic Sawyer robots and other robots. Yeah. There were a lot of uh, great quotes and sound bites from, the tour last week and the demonstrations at Echo, but the one that really stood out to me is uh, Ryan Ladley, who I mentioned, the VP of Operations, who is an avid golfer, and he's got a lot of great places to play being in Chicagoland, which is really one of the, the golf meccas, mm -hmm. especially on the both ends, the public and, and the private end. But, you know, he, he gave us this high-energy tour, and he, he's walking around, and he's giving all these quotes, and he's talking about how, how they're, they're developing better people at Echo. And this quote really stuck out to me during during the tour of the facility, uh, Ryan Landley said, the more automation we put in, the more we are training our employees to do better. And and how true is that? And think about how that applies to any job, including a, a golf course, right? Like, so if you take away some of those monotonous tasks, you're going to have people doing more specialized tasks and more tasks that require critical thinking and, and creativity. And those are the tasks that are really going to attract talent to the golf industry and get people really wanting to work on it a golf course and making a career of it. I, I honestly, Matt, I think according to our 2019 state of the industry survey, the average golf course had 22 workers during peak season. Now that includes, you know, full-time positions and seasonal positions. You know, 
I don't see that number going up. I see that number going down. I think courses are going to have fewer employees, but those employees are going to be more specialized. They're going to get they're going to get paid better. They're going to have more training, and some of the automation we're talking about down the road is going to handle some of those seasonal and monotonous tasks. Mm-hmm. And it's going to, in my mind, when when you clear up some of those tasks and the time it takes to do them, it's going to free your staff up to do some uh, really innovative things to make make the golf courses in the United States and Canada and all over the world even even better than they are now. And there are a lot of folks on cruise who will be glad to hear that they'll be doing kind of those more interesting projects yeah. and jobs. But I think the point, and you said it, the pay is going to be better. I think that's going to be the selling point, no pun intended, for a lot of those folks. Oh, I'm getting an extra $2 an hour or whatever it works out to. That's that's going to be the big point for a lot of people. And let's be clear, we're not going to see this on every golf course in the no in North the, America. The, tech, be, the tech's not for everybody. No, not the, everybody can can justify the length of time it's going to take to get a return on the investment. Yeah, so you're not going to see fifteen thousand courses in the U.S. be fully autonomous by the year twenty thirty. I'm right. just thro- throwing out a year, but you're going to see uh, courses that that have the resources and that are smart facilities that are really thinking ahead seriously consider this route if they're not already considering it and uh, the range is probably a perfect place to become comfortable with autonomous technology because it's maybe what four five six acres it's not doesn't have the scrutiny that that uh, greens or fairways or tees have but it's still a, a very vital part of a golf operation and it's a very important part of, of an operation and uh, it's one that requires a lot, a lot of labor hours per week. So, you know, if, if I'm somebody that's thinking about the, the long term, what a great place to start and introduce it to, to your facility. Well, and two, like, who wants to drive on the range? Like, who wants to spend an hour, two hours, or three hours driving the cart on the range? You're protected, but you're still getting pelted by balls. People are still taking aim at you. It, it's, I'd, I'd say it's probably. If not the worst, it's one of the worst jobs. Or, or I got one that's worse. All right. And I actually had a podcast with somebody that does this a few years ago. Fire away. Golf ball diver. Now, see, the water is murky, but as long as you're dressed appropriately, I think that'd be a blast. Maybe not every day. I think it takes a person with the right personality yeah. or the right mindset to do that. Yeah. It's very isolating. And it can be dangerous in some places, yeah. too. But anyway, yeah. I mean, how many people have gone to the driving range and have just watched uh, – People in the base next to them just, you know, instead of aiming at targets and working mm-hmm. on their game, just trying to hit the person that's driving Ding. the uh, the yeah. range picker around. So now think of the curiosity it's going to incite with golfers, too, if they're out there working on their games and they see two robots working in tandem, <laughs> um, maintaining and picking the range. I mean, that's I guarantee you that those people are going to rush into the pro shop and ask what's going on. You know, can I get one of those for my yard will probably be a question that gets asked. Uh, you know, Echo with the technology that we saw last week is really, you know, marketing itself to the the golf market and the sports turf market. They haven't really worked with the, the LCOs yet, although there's some companies out there developing, you know, t- autonomous mowers for home yards. But, yeah, it's going it, to – there's, there's going to be so much fascination. If you think about a private club, too, you know, you have some influential members working on their game. On the range, they see robots out there doing a good job. The range looks tidy. You know, they're going to go in there and say, hey, why can't we do this with the whole golf course? Well, right. it, it, the answer is obvious right now, but but 10 years from now, they're, 
they're going to be some really uh, interesting decisions that facilities are making. And uh, there's some gateways now that are involved, and at least there there's some options out there, you know, with the RG3 Cup Cadets, you know, on the greens that's out there, and there's some facilities doing it. And, you know, the superintendents that are doing it have good things to say about it. And now, you know, I would say when we have this podcast next year, if we have a podcast similar to this next year at this time, there'll be facilities that are having the echo technology maintain its range. And we don't talk with a lot of members. It's just not in 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 the bones of the magazine. Sometimes. I, I, you know, Here and there. You know, I've, I've been fortunate. Uh, superintendents that I've gone around with have introduced me to, to members, and I, I, I love having that that interaction. But I would be interested at some point in the next few years to talk with some members about this because the point you make about you know certain high-ranking members or certain very successful in-business members, uh, their reactions to seeing automated pickers and then automated mowers and all this other stuff, how many of them are in manufacturing and have already implemented this, how many members have already been pushing their clubs to try to acquire uh, equipment like this? Yeah, no, it, it all comes to education. So these companies yeah. that are involved in this really have to do a tremendous job of educating not only superintendents, but dealers too, You know, because the distribution could make or break a product. It's made or break you know, hundreds of products in the, in the golf market. So you have to have the proper distribution and the people involved in that side of the industry have to be highly educated in the installation process and the ROI that could come with autonomous technology and and just an overall how to use the technology the right way. So there's a lot of education that goes on. These companies that are involved in it, like uh, Cub Cadet and Echo, and now, now John Deere's getting that way, they're going to have to do a lot of marketing to a mm-hmm. lot of people. And, you know, we look forward to hearing those stories. It's going to be cool to see, you know, what superintendents are, are the early adopters. You know, you, I, I I have some ideas in my head, you know, <laughs> some people I've met over the years here at Golf Course Industry right. who would dive right into this. And then I also have some people in my head who are going to be very lukewarm to this technology. And it, it's the, you know, these companies have to find the right people in the right spots and they have to get results too. The technology has to work, you know, nothing's going to probably work a hundred percent of the time, but it's got to be pretty darn close to a hundred percent of the time for it to be, uh, adopted by thousands of golf facilities. Yeah. You got to show me how you save me money and you got to show me how you make the course look just as good, if not better. Those are going to be the two big things. Before we head out from this fourth episode of greens with envy guy, favorite fictional robot. I don't know if I can name one off the top of my head. I don't. Patrick, favorite fictional robot. Well, guy thinks of one. The one from the Jetsons. The one from the Jet. Rosie, Rosie the maid. It's Rosie. Okay, this isn't a fictional one, but in his prime, Tiger Woods felt like a robot. <laughs> he felt like the golf version of a roto- robot from the way he played the game, from the way he dominated, from the way he even spoke to the media in in weekly interviews and post round news conferences, and he was almost successful 100% of the time, too. So that's the closest thing that I think I've seen to a robot in entertainment. But as we find out now, he's he's far from a robot. And well, this uh, you know this could be a topic for another podcast. Robots but, break down. But I like the uh, 2019 version of Tiger more than I like the late 90s and early 2000 version of Tiger because because he's, he feels like a, a, a human. He is. And he's actually relatable now to a lot of us. Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. Tiger is human. Uh, robots break down. Uh, I've got two 
So Patrick is is Rosie from the Jetsons. Guy is '90s early aughts Tiger. Uh, I have two. I am Officer Alex Murphy and Tony Stark, better known respectively as RoboCop and Iron Man. Those are my two favorite robots. They're basically more exoskeleton than robot, but they're definitely robots. Those are my favorites. Yeah, and and hopefully. You know, this isn't the well, not hopefully. This isn't going to be the last time we talk about this. This is something no, this that is the first. Even superintendents that, that responded that they'll never go this route. They're still fascinated about it. Sure. They still want to see the pictures. They still want to read the stories. They still want to uh, look at the videos. So this is this is the uh, the technology that is in the early stages in the golf market and coming to the golf market. That by far, you know, based on all the metrics we have and all the feedback we receive, incites the most reader interest from a product standpoint yeah 2019 state of the industry what was it how, what percentage of superintendents said they would never use robotic equipment 12 percent. And if, if we ask that question again in 2021 digits i guarantee you it'll be lower it'll be single digits it'll be under 10 percent, at least yeah. yeah so echo and uh john deere the subjects of today's greens with envy and, and cup cadet and cup talked, cadet talked about them um and, and a couple of trips to Illinois. Like I said, not the last time we're going to talk about robotics or autonomous mowing or autonomous uh, equipment out on the course. Quite the contrary. Only the first. We'll be back uh, in a couple of weeks with another episode of Greens with Envy. Before then, I believe we've got a new episode of Off the Course coming your way. We've got a new Tartan Talks coming your way. And we have one more new podcast in the roster. So we'll have four different podcasts uh, each month. Each one a monthly podcast. That one's coming soon called Beyond the Page. We'll be introducing that one shortly. For our producer, Patrick Williams, you can follow him on Twitter at Williams and GCI editor and my co-host, Guy Cipriano. You can follow him on Twitter, of course, at GCI Magazine Guy. I'm Matt Lowell on Twitter at M-A-T-T-L-A-W-E-L-L. Thanks so much for spending some time with us. We'll catch you again out on the course. 